You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Everybody had a Merry Christmas or any Happy Holiday that you celebrated. Happy New Year. Um, we saw, we went and saw two movies last yes. night. We went to the drive-in. Mm-hmm. We did a little double feature of our own. A creature double feature with no creatures. A feminist double feature. A feminist double feature. <laughs> we Both saw. could have been more feminist. I was going to say could have had more men mortars. Men mortars? Man mortars. <laughs> Male murders, please. Uh, we saw Promising Young Woman, mm-hmm. which was good, but ended. The ending was, was very not, abrupt. Yeah, and it was not what I was expecting. And like depressing, yeah. but not in the way that I wanted it to Yeah. Be. And then we saw Wonder Woman. Which was, uh, I wanted to like it so much, but Me too. there were a lot of issues with it. I still don't really understand the plot. Basically, I don't I guess think we that could, they did a very good they job. Did not, they, Ex- didn't, they didn't, didn't explain, explain anything. It. And then when they finally explained what the fuck was going on with Max Lord, kind of, it was like ten minutes from the end. And, and it was, was like, rushed and, and still I'm, didn't really make sense. And at that point, you're like, yeah. But... All the movie really needed to be was three hours of, of Steve Trevor discovering new things Steve and Trevor. making those dumb faces. <laughs> Steve Trevor outfit montage for three hours. That's all it needed to be. I would have been happy. <laughs> it would have been so cute. Yeah. Also, so big and small plot point. Every child in the Wonder Woman movie is a fucking idiot, idiot who needed to actually be killed because like <laughs> they're that's, dumb. Let's... Survival of the fittest. Yes, I was going to say the gene pool. Save the gene pool. These kids are all like, let me lie in the ground in front of a bunch of trucks because that's my how I love to play. <laughs> and then uh, I know there's a war zone and actual war going on and some blowing up and shit. But, but I'm going to play tag. <laughs> I love tag. No. Where's the introverts? Oh, they're all inside. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, we haven't spoiled anything no. other than the fact that it's confusing. Max Chris Pine Lord's is really hot. Max Lord is apparently is supposed to actually hot. be hot, but so he's not. <laughs> so don't rush to see it. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we went on. A Tuesday. Cheapo night. And it's cheap. So we got two movies for, for two people for $20. Yeah. And we got two hot dogs and hot chocolates for like $16. And the hot dogs were incredible. They're so good there for some reason. Dragon's pretty good. The hot chocolate was good too. Mm-hmm. We put Bailey's in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only weird thing was... People would... Everybody's an idiot. Yeah. So it was fine when we were watching, mostly fine when we were watching Promising Young Woman. Because there were less people. There were less people. But for some reason, with Wonder Woman, God. people were coming like 20 minutes and late. Going. And going. And then going through the whole fucking movie, leaving. One person in front of us had their fucking one headlight on the whole time because one of their headlights was out. And the few times they turned it off a minute later, for some reason, they turned it back on. Yeah. And they were facing all the cars because they were watching it from the back. It was and like, I was bitches, like, bitches, you are so... 
You are so lucky that COVID is a fucking thing right now because I would go over and fucking fight you. Yeah. I have a pointy hammer in my car for so a reason. So annoying. And I was like, off. I don't understand what, what is happening I don't right understand now. why you can't turn your shitty lights off. The drive-in should hire security to go around and knock and on people. people. Yes. And be I like, agree. stop being shitty. I would do that job for oh minimum God. wage. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to walk around and tell people to stop being shitty. Yeah. Just literally wear a sweatshirt that says stop being shitty and you knock on the thing, point at their lights. But so, yeah. Yeah. I guess we probably won't be enjoying cheapo Tuesdays as much. No. So we'll have to pay the extra. We'll have to pay the extra. I was going to say we'll have to pay the extra. Yeah. $5 between the two of us. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we're on episode 36. 36. I'm Brittany Petrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But First, Let's, Let's Talk Nerdy. Yeah. Yeah. We have super cute cups. Fancy new cups, and they're the best. Kevin and Felicity, because remember, this is a pro Felicity uh, podcast. Yes. Got us super cute uh, little, like, wine thermoses, you know, the ones that keep your drinks cold. Um, and they have our logo on them. And Martha basically <laughs> started crying when she saw them. I'm cutting this part out. <laughs> Kevin cut this part out. No, Martha, Kevin, leave it in. For, 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 or, so, I don't really fucking care. What um, Everybody can know I'm a sentimental fool. It's not really sentiment. That made her cry. <laughs> it's definitely not depression. <laughs> you know. What are you talking about, Martha? So today I'm going to talk about the Guthries. The Guthrie family from X-Men. Okay, I was like, who? <laughs> I saw that on your face. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> so for sources today, I used UncannyXMen.net, which was one of my oh, favorites. Uncanny I know. OG what shit. a fucking bring back. It's so good. Oh. Fandom, Marvel, Wikipedia, and Comic Vibe. Yeah, so of course I'm obviously going to focus more on the Guthries with power because we know more about them. But we're just going to talk about this ridiculous family and several of their ridiculous members. Cool? Let's go. Let's fucking go. Uh, so yeah, usually when we're talking about remembering, like having a good memory, I'm like, oh, well... I mean, I could tell you any member of fucking Magneto's family, or also the and like cry while she does, and yes. <laughs> also, in here, I wrote them as the Lunchner Maximov Dane family. Can you please just jump off our balcony? No, I mean it could. I guess <laughs> technically, yes. <laughs> That's not my fault that they have twelve thousand last names and everybody's a fucking douchebag. Um, and also, sometimes if you're talking about your mutant families, you could also talk about the Summer's Grey clan. And then, of course, they sometimes are together. You can put them both together because you've got Havoc and Lorna. So Ugh. now you have the most shitty family tree in the entire world. Ugh. So instead of talking about that shitty family tree and a shitty X-Men Who family, ever thought Havoc in Polaris was a good idea. Havoc is a lot of Havoc. things. So Both of them are hot messes. God. Remember hot. Havoc and Goblin Queen? <laughs> so, um, my one rule... Let's talk about every other family other than the one yeah. we're talking about today. <laughs> my, my one rule about any male villain is uh, if they're going to take over the position of a female villain, they have to wear the exact same outfit. 
That's fair. And it follows with Havoc, because he was like the goblin something or other for <laughs> like a fucking minute, and he wore the same weird underboob shirt and loincloth that good she boy. wore. He understands. You are a good boy, Havoc. <laughs> Ugh. Okay, so we're not talking about him. <laughs> we're not talking about the Summers. But, you know. Obviously, it goes to show that this shit is genetic, which, uh, thank you, my parents, for not giving me powers. It would have been great. But No, it uh, wouldn't have been. I mean, if I'm going to get, like, weird anyways. We, on a daily, talk about why we don't have powers, Martha. Murder. <laughs> murder is the reason why we don't. And usually probably, like... Not accidental murder, but like, no. oh, oops, I didn't actually mean to kill you. Ooh. Oh, well. Oh, no, mister, I'm so sorry that I accidentally burned your fucking face off. <laughs> so, obviously, this shit is genetic, everybody's related, blah, 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 blah. Um, if we're going to deal with an X-Men family, we might as well deal with one that's not 17,000 weird X-Men intermarrying like a shitty drama high school club. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because that's all getting a little incestuous and we haven't even gotten into the Ultimate Universe yet. So no, thank you. We don't ever need to get into the Ultimate Universe. A hard pass. It sucks. Yeah, if I wanted to cry myself to sleep, I would just exist in 2020. If I just wanted to be angry all the time, more than I earned. I would just exist in 2020. (laughs) But yes, so the Guthries. So, like, any comic continuity bullshit, the amount of Guthries and what they actually all look like changes. tends to change from person to person. Uh, they're a little better with it these days, which, you know, the internet so they can look shit up easier. <laughs> but also, like... How many did they used to have? Because I don't remember. It's a question, and, like... It's a question that I don't necessarily have an answer for at the end of this for you, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, who is and isn't a Guthrie and who does and doesn't have mutant powers is still kind of a shrug. shrug. It's fine. It's all fine. It's fine. With that said, mom and dad are Lucinda and Thomas uh, Guthrie. And so here already fucking up with the continuity. Thomas is Thomas Zebulon Guthrie, but also sometimes he goes by Ty Guthrie or Zeke. Like, you have Zebulon, Ty, and Zeke all as possible names for yourself. Could you be more of a fucking loser? I mean, sets up their family. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Um, This is where it starts. mm -hmm. When you nickname yourself Zeke. Or Ty. And your middle name is Zebulon. Anybody you kni- like, literally, what is this a biblical name? It just seems. I think it's, it's like gotta be right. Zebulon, like Jebediah like or something. Star Trek. That does make it's sense. It's more spacey to me than what fucking are you doing? Bible. What's happening? Well, anyhow, Thomas, Tommy, Zeke, Zeke, Ty <laughs> uh, was a coal miner. But he is dead before anything interesting says, Yeah, I was literally going to say died real young because he's a coal miner. <laughs> Don't be a coal miner. It's really bad for I you. I literally read in here later that he just died of coal mining. Yes! <laughs> it's really not good. It's a really bad occupation. Don't do the thing. It's really bad we for you. We don't need to rely on coal anyways. No. That's bad. Uh, as far as I could tell, neither Thomas nor Lucinda had mutant powers. 
It's also said that they were a farming family, and I'm not sure if you can be a farming family and a mining family, or if Marble was just incredibly committed to making them southern and poor. <laughs> I think one of those is right, and I think it's the second one. Just saying. <laughs> they had a farm. I don't feel like... He has time to be a coal miner. No, you have, you have to. You, if you're a farmer, you are a like it's twenty four hours yeah. a day kind of shit. Like if something ha- like it's early mornings to late nights, and sometimes randomly in the middle of the night, if shit happens, like that's that. You can't go to a coal mine. <laughs> and and as coal far as mine. I could tell, this wasn't like a we made them coal miners and then we made them farmers. This it was, was just like, like they're both of these poor things. <laughs> The dad worked 57 hours a day, and that's why he died. (laughs) Either way, whatever, it doesn't really matter. Uh, So Sam Guthrie is our first Guthrie. He's the oldest of maybe 11. (laughs) What's the range? So it's it's somewhere between 9 and 11, but it's probably 10. Okay. We'll just go with the average. Yeah, it's, right in the middle. It's Ten. confusing. <laughs> it literally says different things all over the place, and I'll get into that at the very, very end. Um, but yeah, so his when his father died of coal mining, uh, he took over the man of the house roles, which ugh, what a terrible sentence, uh, and started working the mines. And right on his first day, of course, Sam and his father's friend Lewis were trapped in a cave-in. And in his panic, Sam manifested his mutant powers, which allowed him and Lewis to escape the collapse. So, uh, Sam's powers are baller as fuck. What are they? What are they? He goes by Cannonball when he's X-Menning. And... (laughs) I like that verb. Uh, His powers are thermal, chemical, energy, field, propulsion. So basically, he's able to uh, generate thermochemical energy and release it from his skin. So he can, like, shoot himself off different places, which is not the best way to put that. But I genuinely don't know any way that's not going to be... Cannonball himself off? He can cannonball himself off. That just doesn't really give the... I, I only think of cannonballing... I know that there are cannonballs in actual person... But I just think of some dumbass falling in a pool. That's fine, but you say shoot off, and I'm just going to think of some jackass fucking whacking off. Yeah, it's basically not great. He bullets himself. (laughs) (laughs) He surrounds himself in energy and then projectiles himself. himself. (laughs) I'm just going to lean in. It's fine. He uses the energy to, like thrust off and propel himself through the air and uh, like is basically a giant ball of invulnerability that will crash into things. Or he can send like later when he's a little bit more experienced, he can use like blasts. So he can shoot a cannonball blast off <laughs> from his hand. Oh no. <laughs> He can shoot a cannonball blast from his hand. That's yep. all you need to say. You added the off I because you're making everything, everything awkward. I'm already blushing. It's weird and a terriblest. Oh. I didn't want to think about this and now I am. 
Um, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, at first when he like first started having his mutant powers, he could only like basically use his feet to blast into the air. But now he has a lot more control, so he can kind of control it, and he can. He has a lot more he control. Has a lot so of control. He can control it. Oh, amazing. He has a lot more control, so he can, like, guide where it's going or where it's coming from. He's not just shooting in a random direction. Ooh! This is gonna be a long episode. Uh, but yeah, you didn't think this was gonna happen when you were doing Cannonball, did you? Yes, I did. Because I was like, how do I fucking pronounce this in any sort of way that is not going to sound like he's just beating off all the time? <laughs> That's his power. He's just really, really good at stuff. <laughs> beating off. Hey, and shooting off. And he's got a really good blast range. <laughs> Almost killed Brittany the air. This is the end. R.I.P. Actually, literally, the next leader he has a blast field that goes around him. So when he is shooting himself into the air, blah blah blah, or at shit or whatever, it makes him invulnerable. And if he like scoops up a person or a thing or something, it also includes them in that so that they don't get destroyed by. Cannon pulling off and not famous. <laughs> God, oh no. no um, I was thinking the stupid X Men evolution cannonball. He's such a goon. Jerking off everywhere. Oh, no. And it's awful, but this is the image this you is, put in my brain. Does he wear goggles? Not as well. <laughs> because that's the cannonball that I have jerking off everywhere. He's not, he doesn't have goggles in my brain. Okay. Well, neither of us is doing well here. <laughs> I'm unhappy. You're unhappy. Should we cancel this episode? Maybe we should cancel this podcast. <laughs> I think we're done. 35 episodes was enough. 35 episodes and I started talking about some X-Men shit and it got really, really weird. <laughs> oh. Um, no. But yeah, okay. So his power levels have varied over the years, but at his peak... He was able to annihilate several city blocks, and also the Shi'ar Imperial Guard Gladiator, the guy with the mohawk, who's like, I'm the best! Uh, he was able to kick his fucking ass, which is saying something. The coal mine incident where he figured out his powers and shit like that brought Sam to the attention of Donald Pierce, who is a not-so-good guy, and he hired him <laughs> as a mercenary for the Hellfire Club. Which, like, can you literally just think about any of that? Like, you, Cannonball, you're a pure dumb baby. You definitely can't even be around the Hellfire no. Club. Yeah. Shooting off everywhere, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Pierce used, intended to use him to attack the X-Men, like their new mutants team. And Sam was like, actually, I'm a nice guy so, and a mutant, and I think you're a douchebag. And I didn't realize that you were a douchebag when this first came in. So he's like... hot hellfire people. Oh, that's true. I, he probably, literally probably didn't get to meet any of them because oh, he was really? shooting off all over the place. <laughs> it's like, mm, you need to keep that shit to yourself, sir. <laughs> 
So Cannonball ends up joining the New Mutants because Xavier realized that Pierce was manipulating him. And also Sam was like, this is happening, just so you know. We have to stop it. Like, he did the right thing, blah, blah, blah. Not a big deal. So he ends up leaving his large farming slash mining family in Kentucky to join the team with his mother's blessings. This is also where all of the rest of the Guthries heard of Xavier's mansion. Uh, so next up in order is our girl. Are we going to talk about all 11 Guthries? Only three of them have any stories, so don't worry. Thank God. I was like, oof. No. Like, literally, when we get past the first nine, three... It will be a different story. Okay. <laughs> uh, next up is Paige, who is Husk, who oh, I love so much. I like Husk, too. Yeah, she is baby, and she's a terrible, horrible mess at all times, forever and ever. Um, so when they uh, lost her father to coal mining, it hit Paige the hardest out of everybody. So not only had her father died, but she was basically uh, forced to replace Sam as like the oldest sibling to kind of step up and take care of all the kids and this and that. Even with like everybody's help, she had to get everybody into bed and like there's a thousand fucking children and also potentially you're on a farm. Um, and it's maybe fa- not. It's failing if they are. Either way, fun. it's not going yeah. well. Whatever you're doing, it's not great. And she fucking hates all of this, you know, because like, a she is incredibly jealous of Sam that he got to go off and like live this cool life, and b like she's smart and interesting and she doesn't want to be stuck here with a thousand fucking yeah. dumb siblings that she being the like. oldest when you have more than like. Three siblings must be the fucking worst. It's so much work. Yeah. No, thank you. Hard goddamn pass. She couldn't see any other way out, and her escape plan was she had to get powers. It was the only thing that made sense. So she was, like, super obsessed with the possibility that she could be a mutant. And when she turned 13, she tested herself with a wide range of, like, different terrible tests to see if she could get immune powers and this and that. It's a bad idea. It's all terrible. Don't do that. Baby, you have so many problems. (laughs) Just get some therapy. And also, none of them worked. So, wasn't, like, and then she just was more depressed and this and that. And at the very, very end, she basically was like... Okay, God, if you don't give me my powers, I'm going to fucking tear my skin off. And then it was like, hey. hey. <laughs> Actually. Yeah. So she made good on her threat and then figured out that that was what her mutant powers are. Which, what the actual fuck, baby? I know, right? Husk's powers are also pretty bonkers. And uh, she is a molecular metamorph. So basically she's um, able to transform her body into any um, molecular structure that she can conceptualize. So, so she doesn't like, have to touch it? No. Uh, she just has to like kind of cool. I didn't know think it was about that it. intense. I know. It's super. And she just like husks it off. She peels Bolts. it off like she was. Yeah. She, <laughs> like a gross sunburn. She like rips her face off. And then underneath, she's some, like, crazy metal or diamond or blah, blah, blah. Sometimes she has control of it, and sometimes she doesn't, depending on how her mental state is and how young she is. Uh, when she first starts at not super great with control. Obviously, as, as per usual. 
Also, so when she is like super stressed, sometimes she'll like shred. Oh God! Thank God, this is not my power. I'd just constantly be different fucking solids. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so she'll shed her skin, and which is great, except for if you keep shedding your skin, it will cause her powers to lose uniformity, and it will make her both her new skin and mental stability erratic. Bad, bad, bad times. Yeah. But yeah, she can be... 2020 would not be her year. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) wild and rough. When she's something inorganic, she doesn't have to breathe or, like, all of her organs just don't do the thing. And then after, but after an hour, she has to go back or, or change to something else. And then, so next... I would just always turn into vibranium. Yeah. Or... Adamantium. A diamond. Just be like, well, and sometimes she's like, fight oh, I'm a fire person. And I didn't know that I was going to be able to have like random fire bursts from this, which is fucking baller. It's like, oops, I get to discover my powers every fucking time, which is weird and cool. So cool. And probably stressful. Oh God. So stressful. Yeah. No. Well, and she's incredibly fucking type A too. She's like, I've got to be the top of everything. And like, like, you can't be that personality in that family or with these powers. So, that's rough, baby. Bummer for you. Yeah, it's really <laughs> tough. Third in our Guthrie order is Joshua Guthrie, or Jay, who goes by Icarus. He's another big fucking mess. Once Sam and Paige left home to become X-Men... Uh, Jay took over the role of like basically being in charge of the house, and he had to, felt like he had to protect his younger brothers. And Where sisters. the fuck is their, is their mom? She's around, I guess. She's probably working on the farm. If they have a farm, she's not dead yet. If she's not on the farm, I guess she's probably waitressing somewhere. <laughs> so they always seem to have a farm that is always failing, but also like. I don't think you would farm and mine. No, you would not. There's no way. Marvel! Farming is, as far as I know, literally like a 24-hour all-encompassing job. Even if you have 9 to 11 children. Also, if you're that poor, don't have 9 to 11 children. Don't. Fucking use a condom. It's so much cheaper. Wrap it before you fucking tap it, Okay. But yeah, so he felt like he had to protect his younger brothers and sisters. So when he developed his mutant powers, which are basically, he got like red angel-like wings, which he can fly with, um, strong regenerative abilities, and he can vocally mimic any sound. So like any sound he hears. So like he can sound like a whole choir when he sings. It's like this <laughs> dumb band. I know. And he, he was like, oh, well... The wings are just a stage gimmick. He didn't tell them to the family. He just showed them to his band and was like, that's it. I would definitely just have my own acapella group. Oh my god. Are you <laughs> kidding me? That and I would also like be so annoying. I oh would my be god. mimicking so many people's yes. dumb voices yes. or All like a puppy anytime. So Jay's whole story is fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. Ridiculous, it's so goddamn tragic. He falls for this girl whose family is in an old timey feud with the Guthries, which oh we my are God, we Romeo and Juliet up right now. Yes, we're also rounding out the poor yes. southern bingo card. I think I've actually read this comic. You probably have. It's really pretty. So he's in this old timey feud. 
her dad uses some super powered armor to like knock him out. And then she, the girlfriend, pulls like a Romeo and Juliet and takes his not quite corpse at, to the river to drown them both. And after sinking to the bottom of the river, that's when his stupid secondary powers of regeneration are like, hey, now you get to stay here, but your girlfriend is dead. So you wake up at the bottom of the river with your dead girlfriend in your arms. Cool. And when he discovered that she was dead, he tried to kill himself, but also that didn't super work. Regenerative powers. Regenerative powers. Um, He tries to kill himself a couple more times, and eventually his mom sends him to the Xavier Institute against his will. And Jay speculates that this is probably because she would feel less guilty if he tried to hurt himself again. Not super great. So it gets worse. Um, So now... Also, you need help that she obviously can't give you, because she's working... 18 hours as a waitress and um, has nine other kids. Yeah. Eight other kids. Eleven other kids. Well, two of them are already at the Institute. Uh, I know. That was also adding another kid. I'm just... 40 other kids. There are so many kids. They probably have animals, too, if they live on a farm. Definitely. Jay goes to the Xavier Institute, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he starts to be a little bit more well-adjusted Did there. Did he get some actual therapy? Because we all know they don't have actual the therapy The answer is there. probably no. And I all actually the fucking have money, and they don't have actual therapists. A full paragraph in here about how I'm mad at Xavier for the fact. I'm like, you know that these are, A, like, teenagers, which is the worst time in any person's life. You're dealing with the worst hormones. They're all ostracized. They've all dealt with, like, every piece of themselves. And then they're all dealing with something that probably no other person has ever dealt with in their life. Mm-hmm. And no one got Why don't you have therapy? a mandatory you therapist, you so stupid piece money. of shit? There's no way that you don't have a therapist. Why are you the worst? Why are you literally the worst person ever? Cosmic Savior is like, I can solve everybody's problems because no. I'm a telepath. No, that's not how it works. That's not how telepathy works. I hate you. Telepathy works. Telepathy. <laughs> Just so you know, this is an anti-Charles Xavier podcast. Yeah, Charles Xavier. (laughs) He's starting to be slightly more adjusted to his surroundings, but he's still missing his love, who died in his arms, blah, blah, blah. I wonder why, because he never got any therapy, because Charles Xavier is a shithead. So he ends up attending a church once a week to hold vigil for her. And during one of these candlelight vigils, he's approached by Reverend... William Stryker. Ugh. Wait, wait, Yeah, and he was. He's not a reverend. That's a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? Can't trust trust the church. Yeah. Who the fuck? <laughs> Who can you trust? <laughs> How am I supposed to trust God? Can I not trust ghosts? <laughs> and those are all the same, I assume. Um. <laughs> The god of Christmas past. <laughs> Future? Present. Future. But yes, so Reverend William Stryker. Uh, he's a bad guy. We don't like him. No. Bad, bad, bad. Bad. 
But yeah, he seems to know a lot of very specific details about like the love that he lost and shit like that. And Jay's like, it seems like prophecy. And it's like, no, first of all, that's backwards because prophecy is the future, you dumb dumb. And secondly, he's lying to you. I'm sorry, but your tragedy doesn't allow you to get this wrong. (laughs) Your your tragedy shouldn't make you fucking stupid. Stryker also kind of insinuated that Icarus was an angel sent by God to be there at uh, his, like, girlfriend's side when she died, which I had a hard eye roll for, so I thought I would let you know, too. Um, a couple weeks later, M-Day struck our favorite. M-Day is when all the mutants lose their powers, just in case you weren't there. No more crossovers! Amanda, I love you so Ugh, much. My baby. Which uh, depowered a lot of the world's mutants, but Jay actually was one of the few to retain his powers. The night of the disaster, uh, Reverend Stryker appeared on the news and was like, M-Day is a miracle and everything is awesome. Did the other two lose their powers? You know? No, they did not. Okay. I don't remember if Husk left, lost hers and then regained hers, or what. I'm also not 100% sure if Husk is still alive right now. <laughs> But it's so hard to, you know. So he goes to Stryker, and Stryker is like saying all this bullshit that makes Jay think that he's more of a prophet. And then Stryker is like, "Your friends are in danger, and the only way that you can save them, or we can save them, be I need your help. And in order to do this, you have to return your wings to God in order to become His servant." I'm like, good lord, Icarus, you fucking... Oh. So Stryker's men surgically remove his wings, and after the surgery, he crawls home, and they end up finding him at the door where he's, like, got bloody stumps for wings, which is gross. Yeah. I know. Turns out that his regenerative properties were basically held in his wings and by taking that it makes it so that he can't heal but did fuckface know that probably but how would he know that and even if he didn't he was probably just being a turd it's true and then of course they have fucking elixir so elixir is like i can heal you and grow your wings back and he's like i'm sad about everything so i'm not going to do that of course yeah so he ends up surviving all this fucking junk and while he's in the infirmary uh he ends up acting as striker's informant and with this information that he provided striker and his purifiers and two guesses as to what those twats want are able to kill 45 students from um, that are leaving the X-Men mansion on a bus. And some of them are depowered and some of them are powered. I think Blindfold was one of them, which makes me I the saddest. Blindfold. I know, she is... I love her. A good baby. Also, she did keep her powers. Oh, good. That's what I was Googling. I'm glad. <laughs> it's like, I feel like I read something, but also I have such a bad memory. And who knows? And there are so many X-Men characters. It's true. After all this, Jay feels pretty fucked up, which he should, but also... Therapy! 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 So much therapy. You just got in therapy. Therapy from the beginning. Mm-hmm. All of them needed therapy after their dad died. Yeah! Yes! But yeah, so he's like, mm, question marks, uh, we've gotta go see what's going on with Stryker because... He sucks. He said he was gonna save my friends and he ended up killing them. Fuck face. Exactly. 
Uh, so he goes to Stryker to see what's up, and Stryker shows him an operational Nimrod unit from the future. Something that he, I know, Nimrod always makes me fucking laugh. A, because Nimrod is a funny fucking word, and B, because Nimrod's like an insult. You fucking Nimrod. Yeah. But also, Nimrod as a, like, character is so silly looking. Yeah. It's like a white thing with a little red lion face, and it's like boxy and dumb. Uh, something that he'd recognized, uh, Jay had recognized because he'd seen something similar in like the danger room. And this confirms what Jay had dreaded, that the information that he gave Stryker directly led to the deaths of his friends. And at this point, Stryker's like, well, why am I keeping you around again? Which is not a thousand percent wrong. So he puts a pistol to Jay's head and tells him he's going to join his girlfriend who burned in hell for loving a mutant. Just before pulling the trigger, he adds that his girlfriend's death was no accident because actually it was Stryker who had given her family the anti-mutant machinery that had like allowed him to hit Jay and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that's a lot of... It's it's still kind of an accident because she did still commit suicide, but like yes, this is still and kind of your fault. I feel like that's a lot. It's so much. Like you're gonna fucking go give this one little family this shit to like for this one mutant. Come on, Striker. I feel like it's a stretch. I feel it's like such a dumb I feel like, thing to I feel like it's just like whoever wrote that was just like, how can I dump more salt in this wound? Mm-hmm. That doesn't really make like, sense. Like, you already took his wings off and yeah, killed his girlfriend and, and all the other. I think that's bad writing. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Calling it out. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I had to do, I can't tell you how many like different websites I had to go to because the way that this was described was just, it was Stryker's fault that she died. And I was like, but she killed herself. I'm so confused. I don't know why. I don't understand what's happening. Uh, So he survives the gunshot to the head long enough to watch Nimrod escape from captivity. And while I can't handle I know. Nimrod. Um, I can't do it. Yeah, and basically his dying act, Jay scribbles a warning on the floor in his own blood that just says Nimrod. Like, I'm not to say anything, but that does kind of cheapen your death, Nimrod. That's that's all. <laughs> Nimrod. Okay, so those are your big ones. And then we have next... Joel, who is jealous and joins an anti-mutant league for a minute or so. I mean, if my brothers and sisters were mutants and I was not, I would 100% be jealous. Group that she joined was called Humanity's Last Stand, LOL. Um, And they were like, we're going to attack your brother and sister. And she was like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to do that and expose the group. There's Elizabeth, who might be able to grow really big, but they've never shown it on screen. Slash... Paper. Panels. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I mean. In the Age of Apocalypse universe, there's an Elizabeth Guthrie that grows really big and calls herself Amazon. But this one is, and she's in the New Mutants for like a fucking minute, but just as a random blonde girl in the background. <laughs> um, and also there's some weird issues as to whether she's 
older than Paige and Cannonball, or whether Cannonball was making shitty jokes because she can grow big. It would kind of fuck up their story if she was older than them. A, that, and B, makes sense for Cannonball to be like, she's my big sister, I'm a big fucking idiot. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that's Elizabeth. Melody, who is sometimes called Arrow, who could fly. Melody lost her powers with M-Day, and she believed that she still had her powers for a minute and jumped off a building, but thankfully was saved by a beast. This is not the way to... The Guthrie family is so bad at any sort of (laughs) self-preservation. That's why they had 11 of them. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Sorry, that was mean. It's not wrong, though. (laughs) After that, she went to live at home with her mom and all the siblings. I'm guessing she never got those powers back. Not as far as I know. (laughs) But also, we've only... I don't know if we saw her use her powers or if it was just like, now this one doesn't have any. (laughs) Fair. Um, There's Jeb, who is Jebediah, who was... Never sent to Xavier's to be trained, but he did have powers. He could, like, control electricity. This has plasmic electrical energies, which I'm like, okay, eat my butt. They were like, what um, words can we put together to sound fancy? He could shoot lasers from his eyes, and they were actually, like, zappy lasers and not blasty lasers like Cyclops. He was also depowered for M-Day. So, sorry, guys. And then there's Sissy and Lewis, who are twins. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Maybe Lewis was experimented on, but I'm not sure. As far as I could tell, he didn't manifest any powers. And Sissy just is named a couple times, but literally never mentioned besides that. Also, if you have been counting, which you probably haven't, we are at nine, but at several occasions they mentioned that Sam was one of ten or maybe eleven. They literally never say there are nine children. There are either ten or eleven so there's just some random mystery Guthrie that's just fucking running around out there, probably has some goddamn powers. I was going to say, probably has the powers to destroy the world. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll be like, oh, well, who's this random blonde southern hick? Oh, it's oh, another it's my, one. It's my youngest brother. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Zebulon. <laughs> Zebulon, Jebediah, Guthrie. <laughs> So yeah, that's the Guthries. There are a lot of them, but we don't know how many because Marvel is bad at things. Slash, who the fuck? They might not even know. That's true. (laughs) My name is Mark McCray, and I'm the author of The Best Saturdays of Our Lives. I'm Dan Klink, co-host of The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives features programming trends from the 1966 television season all the way through the last hurrah of the early digital age of the 1990s. On the show, if it's animated, we talk about it. Order your signed copy today at tbsool.com and listen to the podcast at esonetwork.com and all podcast platforms. Steve Trevor. Oh, shit! <laughs> so, Steve's. <clears throat> this is a here. pro and also anti Steve podcast. <laughs> it's 
true. <laughs> uh, you did that to yourself, Steve. Steve's. The Steve's of the world. The Steve's. Uh, my sources today, Wikipedia, fandom, and also Comic Vibe. Oh, I know. <laughs> so I figured it was timely, and we talk a little bit about Steve. Trevor? Yes. I don't know a ton of Yes. So, uh, yeah. That he's a cutie uh, and that. Cutie baby. Like, anybody who's like, somehow I'm going to attract Wonder Woman, even though she's around every most attractive person in the entire world <laughs> who is a female. And get anyone she ever wanted, yeah. ever. So, did my best what I could do uh, while looking up Steve Trevor, especially since he's such a minor character. I realize I have no fucking clue how the DC timelines work. And I don't really know what the main timeline universe is. So the problem... Technically one, but... Yes, with all of that is that, like, every 20 years, DC is like, we didn't know what to do, so, so we, we had reset. a crisis. Yeah. Reset. Yep. It, yeah, there's a lot of that. Yes. So, um... Yeah, here we go. If I'm wrong, we can deal with it. It's fine. It is what it is. I'm majored and minored in DC and Marvel, so I got this. <laughs> I was going to say, I am. I understand Marvel much better. And even that is confusing, because there's so many timelines. Continuity is fucking shit. 616! 616! 616! That's going to be our next promo. We'll be like, are you talking about anything? It's just area codes. <laughs> All right. So General Stephen Rockwell Trevor, spelled the same way as Stephen Rogers. Of course. Also, the fact that his fucking middle name is Rockwell. So it actually changes. Is it Jebediah and Zeke? And no. Ty? It's depending on... I guess which Stephen Ty Trevor. I think it's a Howard is the other one. I oh, think I can fuck with yeah. those. He is a fictional character wearing an American comic books published by DC. Oh no! He is commonly associated with Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. The character was created by William Moulton Marston yes. and first appeared in All Stars comic number eight back in December 1941. Oh, He's been around for a long time. Um, he has been in 1,052 issues. Holy butts. Yeah. So, Why even though it? he's, like, side character, yeah. he's been around for a while and he's been in a lot. Thank God for you, man. Mm-hmm. Steve Trevor is a trusted friend, love interest, and a partner who introduces Diana to Man's World and has served as Wonder Woman's United Nations liaison. He holds the distinction of being the first foreigner to ever set foot on the mascara and the first ambassador to open diplomatic relations with the Amazons, which is an extraordinary feat given that Aphrodite's law demands death, the death penalty for any man who sets foot on the mascara, which is really all we want. (laughs) Can you make it a little bit bigger? And also, do you mind if I leer a little bit when every hot, muscular person walks by? He is also, just another dumb, heroic blonde named Steve, which is my favorite. It's her jam. It's my fucking jam. It's our jam. Well, it's like so good. Except this one is scarier because he's just a human. Yes. Causes more anxiety. (laughs) There was a lot of Steve yelling last night during the movie, and we weren't sure if we were yelling about Steve Trevor or Steve Rogers, but it's just a lot of Steve yelling. I'm going to say, I feel like we're Either way. Steve yelling. (laughs) 
And I feel like usually when you're yelling Steve, because of whatever they're doing, it really could be for either of them. Yeah. Well, they're, they're very much the same. Yes. So the character has appeared in various adaptations of the comics. Steve Trevor first appeared in Wonder Woman 1974 telefilm, played by Kaz Garris who went on to guest star in an episode um, of the Linda Carter TV series. And then in 1975, he was in the Wonder Woman TV series, where there were actually two Steve Trevors, father and son, both played by Lyle Wagoner. And he would have also been in the 2011 TV series that never ended up being made, which made me sad because I love Adrian Pitalucky. But... It's okay, because then she ended up being Bobby Morse in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We want Different topic for a different day. I love Bobby so much. Bobby! <laughs> um, as for movies, he actually had a cameo in that awful Batman vs. Superman being shown in the old photograph, uh, along with Diana. And he got his real introduction in the first Wonder Woman movie. And it's now in the newest Wonder Woman, 1984. Chris Pine portrays him in all three movies and is basically the saving grace of Wonder Woman, 1984. Not that the acting isn't great, but the plot is awful, as we talked about earlier. Just that But his fucking faces were just, it's okay. It made things okay. It's very cute. He's so cute. Excuse your stupid cute face. Cute fucking face, Chris Pine. It's fucking rude. Okay. Uh, he's been portrayed in a shit ton of animated series and movies that we'd be here for a while if I went through all of them. The one I am going to mention is a direct-to-DVD Wendy film in 2009 because he was voiced by Nathan Fillion. I thought that was cute because I love Nathan Fillion. Yeah. I made a heart next to it. A heart. <laughs> I made a heart next to you. No, that's fair, though. <laughs> so the character was designed to be a complement to Wonder Woman's character. Steve Trevor holds the distinction of being the first foreigner to have ever set foot on the mascara and the first man Diana has ever seen, and also the first ambassador to open diplomatic relations to the Amazons. Uh, Trevor, Superman, and Batman are the only men in the DC universe to be granted honorary citizenship by Queen Hippolyta, which is an extraordinary feat because of Aphrodite's law, like I mentioned earlier. He is often the primary love interest for Diana, and their relationship was often flirtatious, yet always usually remains, uh, they usually remained as steadfast friends. On occasion, Marston would place Trevor in gentleman in jeopardy situations, yeah. the appropriate male version uh, of damsel uh, in distress uh, trope. He had plenty of marriage proposals to Diana, most of which were rejected. As Diana prioritized saving the world first before marriage in accordance to Aphrodite's law and who she is as a person. All right, so pre-crisis. Steve Trevor was originally introduced as an intelligence operative and officer to the United States Army Air Corps, who became stranded on Wonder Woman's homeland where he told the Amazons that World War II was occurring in man's world. He also developed a close relationship with the heroine, Wonder Woman. And though a military man with experience in the field, there's a lot of Wonder Woman coming to Steve's rescue. But every once in a while, he still does pull his weight and save Diana's ass. All I really want is my man to be a damsel. Yes. And to be also wearing the same outfit as the villain, who is a female. (laughs) As the female villain. (laughs) Like, just instead of putting Pedro Pascal in the ugliest outfit ever, just put him in Cheetah's outfit. 
There. Beautiful. Done. I'm sorry I improved your movie so much. (laughs) True. So Steve was killed off in Wonder Woman number 180, which came out in January, February of 1969. He was was shot by the henchmen of Dr. Cyber. And then in uh, Wonder Woman letter column in issue 1995, artist Mike Sikowski explained that Steve Trevor was dull and boring and didn't like him very much, so that's why he disposed of him. That's uh, his actual quote. God, that happens so often. Yeah. Also, when Stacy I'm just saying, if somebody bitter. If a character is dull Salty. and boring, it's because it's you're a your bad fault. fucking writer. Yeah. They didn't do it. They're your creation somebody slash being writing. Wholesome is no excuse for them to be boring. Because there are plenty of wholesome good characters if you do a good job with them. Also, if you're in a couple, you can have other drama than just bad communication. And then just shitty couple <laughs> drama. Like, you have a thousand other things. <laughs> you can't have the drama always being over bad communication, Spider-Man. This can't be a Christmas Lifetime movie. Also true. Which is always their drama. <laughs> Um, neither of us talked and I saw you talking to a girl earlier and I assumed that you guys are in love for no reason, literally at all. Um, she's actually my sister! Oh. oh, shit. Okay. But, since death has no meaning in comics, the character was later, later was written by another creative team. See, whatever the fuck that episode was. <laughs> we talked about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Steve's uh, uh, visibility in comics varied throughout the 1970s to the 1990s, and his character either absent or sidelined in favor of fantasy and action-adventure Wonder Woman stories that didn't want to, the need of a romantic interest, which I like because it's like she doesn't need a romantic interest, but at the same time, I like the idea of the man being reduced to the love interest for this one fucking time, because this one time there's equality. Yes. <laughs> love interest and the damsel. Yes. Yes. This is your spot. This is your place. And you play it so well, Steve uh, Trevor, and you're okay with it. And I love that. And that makes you a good, good boy. <laughs> that makes you deserving of Wonder Woman, which is so hard to be. It's true. Alright, so post-crisis... Um, and in the more recent portrayals, in particular in DC's 2011 reboot, Steve is portrayed as a senior government agent and a super spy whose close connection with Wonder Woman makes him the United States liaison to the Justice League. In 2013, in his capacity as a skilled government agent, Steve himself became a member of a new incarnation of the Justice League of America. Good on you, buddy! Look at you, little human. So, so that's a little basic. Now let's move through all the different times of comics, starting with the Golden Age. So in the original version of Wonder Woman, in her origin story, Steve Trevor was an intelligence officer in the United States Army Air Force, like I said, during World War II, and his plane crashed on, at the time, called Paradise Island. Right! Yep. Oh my uh, God. yep. <laughs> Before it got its the, a new name of the mascara. Um, he was nursed back to health by the Amazon Princess Diana, who fell in love with him and accompanied him when he returned to the outside world. <laughs> I couldn't! I couldn't say 
fine. It's fine. Uh, and there is where she became Wonder Woman and also became his co-worker, Diana Prince. Ah. Steve Trevor was portrayed as a blonde military hero who often fought battles both alone and alongside Wonder Woman. At the same time, he was also a traditional superhero's love interest and gentleman in Jeopardy. Getting kidnapped and being rescued from peril by Wonder Woman, as well as pining after the superheroine in the red and blue outfit while failing to notice her resemblance to his meek, uh, bi-spectacled secretary. Bespectacled. Bespectacled. Well, she could be bi-spectacled. <laughs> she is bi-spectacled. <laughs> and bi-spectacled. <laughs> He didn't realize that Diana was Wonder Woman, even though he saved her them from the mascara. Sometimes I don't know. These things Comics don't make sense. He's also a dumb blonde named Steve. I mean, it happens like that sometimes. Sometimes you're just really heroic and good at, like, this sort of fighty shit, but not brain stuff. That's why you keep throwing yourself off of planes or whatever nonsense. Why do all Steves decide to crash your planes or be... Don't don't do it, Steves. Don't do it. We plan on making... You're too pretty. Hey, what would Steve do? Button. So you know what not to do at any time. You look at that button and you think, Oh, sacrifice myself needlessly for a bunch of dumb reasons. And then you don't do the thing. You don't. And then you disagree with that. It's okay. Well, Steve sacrificed themselves for the people they loved. Yeah, and that's bad. I mean, it's right for them, but also, like... Steve, don't sacrifice yourself. Steve! Steve! <laughs> that's our next promo. Okay, so... The character was purposely made blonde... Which said from William Moulton Marston, his belief that the best romantic combination is a blue-eyed brunette girl to a light-haired man because blonde males are more submissive to brunette females, according to him. I mean, obviously. I mean, I am naturally brunette, so I guess I can get behind this. Okay, well, there you go. I don't fall into any of those I don't know if you know this, but you can dye your hair. So if you don't feel submissive enough, just (laughs) Just dye your hair a little bit more and you should be fine. What does that mean? Like you grow more submissive as you grow older because your hair lightens. I don't, but but it's both ways. It's science, right? (laughs) I don't fucking know. (laughs) This bro had weird concepts. Weird beliefs. Yeah. Apparently he was just attracted to brunettes and was like, I'd be submissive to them. So clearly that's how every guy like, thinks. Bro, this is a personal this is, thing. This is a you. Then that's fine if it's that's your fine. preference. But if you want everyone to step on you, you are not alone. You've created a character that a lot of people would like to step <laughs> on them. But also, like... Just because you are also blonde doesn't mean that every blonde man wants brunette women to step on them. It's true. I also want blondes to step on yeah. me. Yeah. And redheads. Have you thought about variety? And, and people with black hair or fun colored hair. If you are hot, please step on me. Are you hot and bald? Can you pull it you off? Can, yes. If you can pull off bald, you can also step on Actually, me. yes. That's so hard. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Anyways. What are we doing? We are now moving on to the silver and bronze age because we need to move off that topic. 
<laughs> so after Marston's death, much of the original supporting cast paid less attention to him. And then under writer-editor Robert Kenniger, both his and Diana's personalities were compromised considerably, mm. with Steve beginning to seem threatened by his heroine's power. You know, boo! And Diana almost seeming to be apologetic about it, which is also an Double ew. boo. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yes. Yep. Bad writer. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. You should feel bad because I you do like bad. how Wiki itself was like, this guy fucking compromised their characters considerably. <laughs> As in, you really fucked them up for years. <laughs> Gotta love whoever's editing Wikipedia being like, I'm mad about <laughs> this. Angry typing sounds. During the 50s and the 60s, comic writers regularly made Wonder Woman lovesick over Steve Trevor, oh. which is another ew. Lovesick and, just in general is so gross. And, if you're um, lovesick, don't be around me ever. <laughs> Period. Right. And then stories frequently featured Wonder Woman hoping or imagining what it would be like to marry Steve Trevor. Mm. But apparently, as with Superman stories at the same period, the question of marriage was never far from the couple's minds. Because what else do females think about than getting married? Literally, the only problem oh that we God. have is when do we get married what? and then when I do I start? I am and I'm not married yet. I need a bun in the oven. I need a bun. Ew. I just need some bread. Mm, <laughs> I've had a lot of bread today, so but I want more. I have had a croissant and some Panera baguette, but I want more bread. <laughs> so through all of this awful writing, there was also <laughs> a considerable attention given to the threat of Amazon's secret identity being revealed. <laughs> So, like, shrug. <laughs> and Wonder Woman also often found herself agreeing to Steve's contest for her hand in marriage, even though she basically always turned him down, which he typically ended up cheating at using government tracking equipment and other equipment because, <laughs> I mean, why not? This and all of this is so much of a so hard dumb. side eye. And yep. Like, yep, that's why I was going to take it out, but I was like, oh. No, I love so that bad. shit. Yeah. And then. Were um, you like, was this Guthrie older? Or is Sam Guthrie <laughs> just a turd who can't stop saying, my big sister? <laughs> Definitely the second one. Obviously. Have you met <laughs> Sam Guthrie? Um, afraid that Diana loves someone else, Steve once again misused government spying equipment to stop Wonder Woman, finding her with childhood boyfriend, Merman, whom he felt the need to prove himself better than. So is it his childhood boyfriend since she lived on a fucking <laughs> island of women? Did you guys I'm forget? Assuming. Did yes, you guys forget yes, about the childhood? Because they were just trying to make them as stereotypical as possible, so all of us would vomit in our mouths. I know that it was, like, in the past, but you couldn't have just made it so that he felt inferior to the fact that she was around all of the hottest women and being with women is better. Couldn't we just go with the fact that Steve Trevor didn't feel inferior and Which loved way her? better. And was like, you are so badass and I'm cool with this. Mm -hmm. But also, like, all of your... No fucking woman wants some guy that feels fucking insecure because she makes more money than him. It's embarrassing, and you guys should be embarrassed about it. Not about the n not making money. You should be embarrassed about the feeling like a shithead, because that's on you 1,000%. 
be proud of the person that you love if they're making more money than you. You know whoever fucking wrote and then this have was them some douchebag like, that broke up with his girlfriend because she made more money I than him. I can't believe that she thinks she's better than me. It's like, no, actually her boss thinks she's better than you. Because she is better than you. So eat a fucking bag of glass assholes. <laughs> it's a good one. It's really terrible because no one wants to eat any of those nonsense things. <laughs> All right, so in 1968, Diana chose to give up her powers and cut ties with her native Paradise Island to stay close to Steve. Trevor was then killed off the next issue. Literally? What? LOL! But also, no fucking wonder the new writer came in and was like, he's boring because the person before him made him a total fucking asshole, D-bag, useless piece of shit. Typical guy. Actually, that's fair. Yeah. It's fair that they killed him because I would have killed him too. Yeah. And that's not who Steve Trevor is, so it makes me angry. He's not jealous. He's wonderful. No. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. And he's like, you're so badass. I am so swoony over you. <laughs> Literally, like, my favorite... My I'll punch this guy, but you do like, really good. <laughs> absolute favorite couple dynamic is, like, when one person is like, this other person is in... <laughs> and they're, like, pretty normal most of the time, but every now and then they look over and you're like, you can literally see the fucking hard eyes, motherfucker. I picture that... With Steve Rogers and Sharon Carter in the comics. I was going to say I pictured that with Mamochan and Usagi. The, also that. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, can awesome. you believe I'm so lucky? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> She's so crazy. And pretty and smart and so strong. Look at her beat that back guy up. Yeah. When they go sit over here and then I'm going to throw a flower. Every once in a while when she needs a little bit, I'll throw that rose as a fucking distraction. And then she's good. Yeah. All right. Killed off. Next issue. So he died in 1968, and then in the mid-70s, following the return of Diana's powers, Trevor was brought back to life by Aphrodite and given a new identity as the brunette Steve Howard. Interesting. In 1978, he was killed off again, womp womp, and then he would be replaced in 1980 by a double from another undisclosed dimension of the multiverse. Yep. Literally, oh my god. (laughs) Like, when I was starting to do the Max Lord one for this, I was reading through and got to one thing and was like, Lex Luthor's godlike son from another dimension. I was like, I want to go home. (laughs) I need to take a step back. How do I not do this? (laughs) (laughs) So for the next few years, after this double from another undisclosed dimension uh, was around, the classic relationship of Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor was essentially restored and explored with some detail. In December of 1984, Wonder Woman issue number 322, author Dan Mishkin dealt with Trevor's three separate lives, and after much explanation, something about lost memories in Eros. I didn't read the book comic, so I don't know, because I did this two hours before we read it. And also, it was probably terrible. Probably. when you mm-hmm. have to merge a thousand different... It's true. Literally... And I, like, quickly Googled it, and no one gave me a legit thing, so I was like, Read wow. any of the fucking crises where it's like, now we have 12 dimensions and we need to be one. <laughs> Somehow Superboy punched the universes apart. 
all of them. He's a he just punched all the universe. There was one, and now we have a bunch because he punched it. You oh broke the universe. I still can't believe, still, that memory of you being like, and he punched the universe, <laughs> and I was like, what? Yep. I can't. I still can't. I still cannot. The worst is you could see it on the fucking panel and still be like, no, this is wrong. <laughs> this, is, this is not. Someone fucked up. Who the fuck wrote this? <laughs> Y'all, we blame you. But the new Steve merged with the old Steve. Maybe I I'll assume read it that they and didn't let me know what happened. If they didn't, then don't tell me about it because I don't <laughs> care. But that's what I would next time I will just say that's what happened. Mm-hmm. They just had a threesome with Diana. Hey, that's the way to solve the problems. <laughs> Duh. Now we're all the same. Dedicated threesome. Yeah. All right. Two Steve Trevors. Oh, that's so much anxiety. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't, I can't handle that. <laughs> Two fucking mortal humans running around pretending they're badasses. I can't handle it. I need a nap. <laughs> I need 12 naps. <laughs> During the same period in the early 1980s issues of Wonder Woman, the villainous Dr. Psycho fused Steve's image with Wonder Woman's abilities and he became Captain Wonder. I assume he's wearing her outfit. If he's not, then I don't want to fucking be here. But you did only specifically say villains earlier. Yes. It's true. (laughs) And I meant it. Because the villains have the sexier outfits and it's much funnier that way. But he was sporting a costume similar to Wonder Woman's. Oh my god. In the final issue of the original Wonder Woman series, Steve and Diana end up getting married, apparently, which is apparently the only time she agrees to marry him. Sometimes you've got to agree. It's true. So, in 1985, comic book storyline Crisis on Infinite Earths retconned the fictional continuity of the DC Universe. It's a fucking nightmare. Every single time, it's a fucking nightmare. They're like, would you like another crisis? And I'm like, I didn't ask for the fucking first one. You could keep your fucking universes in your pants, DC. (laughs) At the end of the storyline, Wonder Woman and the retired four-star general Steve Trevor of pre-crisis Earth 2 traveled to Mount Olympus to live with the Greek gods and goddesses. As many of the other pre-crisis to Earth heroes died or merged into the new streamline, Wonder Woman of pre-crisis Earth once was devolved back into the mystical clay from which she was formed, so she died. Thus allowing Wonder Woman and her supporting characters to be reintroduced with new origins, backgrounds, and plot lines, I guess. That's, That's what they thought in DC, anyways. Oh, well, if we just unmake her, we can remake Rewrite her, her yeah. Like, I... Get what you thought you were doing, but also, like, literally everything is, like, the most stupid and roundabout way to do anything. Because it's just a bunch of boys. That was also another thing that every writer you've mentioned has been a man. Yeah. And I Well, because right now I'm talking about 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. They're all going to be men. And they're all really bad. Yeah. Look who butchered them in the 60s and the 70s. Oh, shock. 50s, 60s, and 70s. A man. Uh-huh. Gasp. Everyone is surprised about this. Anyways, 
unhappy with you guys. (laughs) So with the restart of the series in the second volume after Crisis on Infinite Earth, Steve Trevor is revamped to be considerably older than Diana. In addition, the two of them never had a romantic relationship. So this is apparently the new story. Years before Trevor crash landed on the mascara, his last mother, Diana Rockwell Trevor, a pilot of Women's Air Force Service uh, pilots, also crashed there, finding the Amazons battling with a large monster. Seeing they were close to defeat, Diana Trevor used her pistol on the beast, giving the Amazons an advantage in the battle, but she dies as a result. After her death, the Amazons consider the Outworlder to be an honored hero for her sacrifice. It is from here that Queen Hippolyta named her daughter Diana, and this is how the Amazons came into possession of the gun originating from man's world. I know. As soon as I read that, I was like, come on! Can't we have a few different names? Who's fucking responsible for this? I'm so mad about that. Are we back in the fucking 1500s where every girl's name is Anne Elizabeth or fucking Mary? Mary? Yeah, but also like, people don't have to have a weird connection before they're like weirdly born. Just let him awkwardly crash on the island like original. Unless... Like, his mom and Hippolyta had, like, a thing, in which case I'm very interested in (laughs) suddenly paying attention to everything. So, Aries, he was all like, go bomb the mascara and eliminate all those Amazon bitches. I love war because that's my jam. That's my jam. So, Steve was like, okay. And then as he was Mm -hmm. on his flight to the island, he was like, wait. Why am I bombing this random place and all the civilians? So let's abort this fucking mission. Let's abort a bunch of things. But um, he had some co-pilot that was really just a minion of the war god, and he transformed into a monster in an attempt to continue the attack. But Diana, being a badass bitch, rescues Steve from the resulting disaster. Okay. What an awful plotline. Yeah, that sounds really (laughs) bad. Now Trevor is unconscious on the island and Diana recognizes his American flag insignia on his uniform mirrors her own armor colors. Oh no. And took this as a sign of where she had to begin her fight against Ares. Thus inspired... Diana took Trevor to Man's World, to the city of Boston. Call out Boston. Shipping off to Boston. Whoa. That song just always makes me want to drink some Sam Adams. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I think they had a commercial with that song in it. That's probably why. Well, and if they didn't, they absolutely should. Missed opportunity, Sam Adams. Let's fucking go. I was going to say, Dropkick Murphy's get that money. Both of you get, let's go. Yeah. Since then, Trevor and Diana have been very close friends, despite him being old enough to be your father, apparently, in this version. And Is he actually old enough to be her well, father, probably, or is it old enough I to be her father, quote-unquote? I think so, because Diana was named after his mom. Oh, you're right. So in this version, she's not that old. She's not Chibiusa old. I hate that. Me too. Do not support um, and in this version, Steve Trevor went on to marry Ida Candy and became the deputy secretary. Etta? Mm-hmm. I guess that would make sense. There's two T's, not one T. She was tea. in, um, so she was the... She was the little secretary lady. Yeah, she was cute as a button. Yeah. Who, like, is his secretary in other versions, too. Yes. 
but he marries her in this version. Interesting. And he ends up becoming the deputy secretary of defense for the U.S. government. So next up was the 2005 to 2006 Infinite Crisis storyline. God. They're so confusing because this one is Crisis on Infinite Earth and this this one is Infinite Crisis. Yes. Why are you doing this, DC? Can you not think of any other words? So they're trying to be like, oh, it's like a sequel to that one. But but it's stupid. It's so confusing. It doesn't make things more clear. It makes things fucking bonkers dumb. So this is once again where Wonder Woman's origin is yet again. Like, would you like a change? I'm like, not really. I was just getting used to this one. Yep. It's been a minute. So Diana is no longer a recent arrival to Man's World, but instead has lived here for some time. She's not weirdly named after Steve's. She's not weirdly named after Steve's mom. Okay, well, I support this one then. Instead, she's been here for a while and was involved in the creation of the Justice League America, which she, which didn't change from the Silver yeah. Age, which was introduced in 1960, but she's been here for a longer now. I guess she's probably been here since the 60s, like when it originally came out, but now it's 2005, so that's been a while. So they're like, let's change it 300 times. 300. <laughs> um, 300 is bigger than 300, but I can't tell you how much more. And in this timeline, Steve Trevor is still a close friend with Diana, but is also married to Etta. And his history with Diana is not fully known in this storyline. Like, why can't we marry Diana to Etta? <laughs> Literally just give me lesbian Diana. I just feel like it's asking for the smallest thing. And every person is like, oh, well, No. <laughs> I hate everything that you are. I'm like, we basically have gay Steve Rogers. Come on. MCU, you gave us gay Steve Rogers. And then you took him away. And then you tried to pretend you didn't. And you not only fucked everything up for Steve Rogers, you fucked everything up for Peggy Carter. And the continuity. And anything that made sense ever. Saying continuity is so hard, so we deserve it to be well done. Yeah. MCU. You fuckers. All right. Then we move on already to the new 52. I literally wrote vomit next to it. Yeah. It was just like so shitty. It was such a shitty thing to do for them to be like, oh, also any person who's been collecting for a thousand years will fuck you. We're trying to get new readers who aren't going to come (laughs) because we aren't writing any better. No. Nope. In this continuity, Steve Trevor is a longtime advocate of the Amazons, having lobbied the U.S. government for peace with the Amazons and arguing amongst their behalf. Steve then becomes Wonder Woman's U.N. liaison and later becomes the head of the newly formed A-R-G-U-S, Argus, which stands for Advanced Research Group for Unity Superhumans. They must have thought Marvel was doing something with all their fucking acronyms, so jumped on that train. Well, and also Argus, Argus has, like, Greek mythology nonsense to it. Well, they are the Advanced Research Group for Uniting Superhumans. Like, if you're putting Greek mythology in Wonder Woman and you're not doing your fucking research and you're just picking random... A random name, which is literally as random as it could possibly be with you're not 
Well, Steve is the leader of it, so my guess is he started with Greek gods because of Diana. That's fair. And he was also the UN's liaison to the newly formed Justice League. Promoted to the rank of colonel, his assistant, now his assistant, is at a candy, and he has made his feelings and attractions to Wonder Woman clear to her, though his feelings weren't reciprocated. So, Trevor is also a member of several team books, including Team 7, which launched in September 2012, and Justice League of America, which launched in 2013. The pre-crisis on Infinite Earth version of Trevor seen in the 2015 Convergent storyline with Diana and Etta Candy to better the fate of Earth 1's Gotham City while stuck under an alien dome for a year. Apparently that happened. I'm just saying, Bruce Wayne, if you paid for therapy for everybody, probably aliens would leave you alone. <laughs> and then uh, vampire versions of Gotham criminals from Earth 43 oh, invaded a makeshift Lord. And it was up to Diana and Steve to keep them from spilling out to the streets. But me. Steve still pre- fell prey to the vampires Ooh, rising vampires, as one of them. Steve. I said, yes, please. <laughs> Hello, I'm so much more interested. Why am I like this? <laughs> However, he manages to maintain his own free will, taking down a vampire and falling under the rubble and coll- the collapsing church. Oh, but he doesn't, like, drink Diana's blood just a little bit. I bet they have some weird bi- vampire Come sex. on! In my brain, they do, and I'm sure there's plenty of fanfics. Why are we even here if we're not going to do that? <sighs> All right, so, shocking... DC rebooted again. Because they were like, oh, people are unhappy oh, with wait. the fact that we fucked them in the butt. <laughs> so as part of the DC Comics 2016 relaunch of its monthly titles, and it's a continuity. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> continuity. As soon as I said that, I was like, I'm going to say this wrong. I can't fix it. I don't have enough time. I can't just say, keep saying calm until you figure out how you need to say this word. retold in year one storyline again. <laughs> Eight million times later. At least we don't have to watch Bruce Wayne's parents fucking <laughs> die again. Again and again and again and again. Like, I get it. You guys are bad at living. So, Steve crashes onto the island of the Mascara and is the sole survivor because I guess other people are on this plane. Turns out this first thing that we did actually worked. And <laughs> actually worked well. So let's go back to her after his mom Without any lesbian action, was a bad time. <laughs> he saved and nursed back to health by the Amazons, and in a competition that is held to determine the one to take Steve back to the real I world. I we were just going to say take Steve, period. <laughs> I mean, they have to breed somehow. Hi, Hosey. Right? Oh, Davis, when he first came on the island. <laughs> Me, I want him. <laughs> 
Um, Diana ends up winning, so we, she takes Steve and the bodies of his fallen comrades back to America. In the United States, Steve relates to the, the relates to the authorities his experiences with the Amazons and Diana. Um, the two become allies in subsequent conflicts with terrorists, the Greek god War of Ares, a global virus, an African cult, a paramilitary group called Poison, and the supervillain group Actually, the band, Gotham. Poison. <laughs> the band. Go back to the early 90s right now. Let's fucking go. Oh, no. <laughs> Bracelets, overalls, and some gel shoes. You could make her things into slap bracelets so fucking quick. Can you imagine? That would be the bossest. Okay, so the most recent issue I can find of Trevor is in Wonder Woman number 754, which came out in May of 2020. Has something to do with Princess Maxima and her former ruler of the planet Alamaric. Maxima was a redhead chick who was like, hey, Superman, I can actually fuck you if you want. <laughs> okay, well, apparently this issue... Here's some history. She crash lands on Diana's doorstep and is in desperate help because her people are victims of a vicious lie, and the truth is she discovered is the only way to set them free. Other than that, I don't really know what his part is in it. But yeah, he's in it, and that's the last time he's been in comics. Um, so... Random little fact that I wanted to include didn't fit in anywhere, but we would laugh about it. Fandom mm-hmm. lists cooking as one of his abilities, and Comic Vine lists intellect as one of his abilities. <laughs> I'm into that. I agree with the cooking. Like a smart I hope boy. He cooks. I, I feel- He's not smart. So it's a very specific type of smart. It's one of those things where you call it intellect and then you're like, oh no, but actually, if you ever have to put this person in an actual life situation, they're a big dum-dum. Please. Don't sacrifice yourself, Steve. much rather someone who has common sense than is a fucking engineer. One thousand 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 percent. But also, do you think any person in comics understands that? They're in comics. They don't have common sense. So that is a little history. Steve! A Steve um, from on one Steve. A Steve. From a Steve to a, another Steve. From blonde Steve to blonde Steve. Stop sacrificing yourself. Can I just get a fanfiction that is just Steve on oh Steve action? <laughs> done. We're done. Rate, 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 review, subscribe. You can find us on fucking Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. We're also on the ESO Network and on Podbeat. And you know, maybe see you next Tuesday. Yeah. I don't know. Martha might have just killed me with that imagery. This is the end and the beginning. <laughs> oh. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.